Taiwan reported 1,390 local COVID cases on Monday, once again reaching a new high in the daily tally. The CECC says that since the start of the year, 99.54% of confirmed cases have developed mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. Only 47 patients have developed moderate to severe symptoms. To lower the burden on the medical system, Taiwan's six special municipalities recently launched home isolation programs for COVID patients. On Monday, the CCC announced it was lowering the threshold to release mild and asymptomatic patients from isolations. Let's hear from the CCC. To be released from isolation in the fourth day since developing symptoms or since diagnosis, patients must test negative twice in a rapid test or be negative in one PCR test or have a CT value of 30 or higher. From the 5th to the 9th day, you just need one negative rapid or PCR test or a CT value of 30 or more. If you've been in isolation for 10 days, you'll be let out without requiring further tests, but you'll still need to do 7 days of self-health management. These guidelines were compiled by experts who read the relevant studies from the US, Japan and other countries. They say that in Omicron infections, the viral load peaks somewhere between the third and fifth day after infection. So that is, five days later, the viral load starts falling. After seven to nine days, infectivity is already very low. According to data from Japan, scientists were unable to breed the virus in samples taken from patients that had been infected for 10 days or more. That shows that at that point, patients can be considered to not be infectious. The rapid test for release must be administered by medical professionals, meaning the rules do not apply to patients isolating at home. For all others, the thresholds vary depending on how much time has passed since the patient's diagnosis or since symptom onset. That's two negative rapid tests, one negative PCR test, or a CT value of 30 and up on day four, and one negative rapid test, one negative PCR test, or a CT value of 30 and more on day five to nine. The CCC says negotiations are underway to procure Pfizer COVID vaccines for children. Health Minister Chen Shizong says negotiations have been ongoing for months, adding that talks have been a complex process involving four parties. He also revealed that tech giant Honghai has been helping with the process. Obtaining the Pfizer vaccines would add a second option for children's vaccination as Taiwan has already approved low-dose Moderna vaccines for children's aged 6 to 11. When's the soonest that the purchase could happen? Of course, I think. I don't really dare count on a specific date because we've been negotiating the order for two months already. Health Minister Chen Shizhong said he couldn't guarantee when Taiwan would be able to purchase Pfizer's COVID vaccines for children. He added that small problems kept cropping up throughout the negotiation process. Could they be due to political interference? I don't have any direct evidence of such a thing. But from the negotiation process, I think that there hasn't been a lot of intervention from external forces. They were mostly issues related to the company's contracts and how to protect their respective rights. 
According to the CECC, the order under negotiation aims to purchase both adult and children's vaccines. What complicates matters is that the rights to sell vaccines to China, Hong Kong, Macau and Taiwan are with Shanghai Fosun, the sales agent of Germany's BioNTech, which manufactures the vaccines. But the children's vaccines are only produced by Pfizer, which does not sell to Taiwan directly. The CECC says that with no option to place orders directly with one company, the current negotiations involve all four parties. Chen says the government is trying to settle the matter as soon as possible. The four parties have to agree to a contract. Of course, that also includes how the three companies will split profits. That's the main factor for the wait. For us, it's all fine as long as we can get a hold on the vaccines. During this process, Honghai has been helping out getting everyone in contact. They've been involved throughout. Chen said Honghai has been helping out in the process. He also weighed in on whether it would be possible to just offer a low dose of an adult Pfizer shot to children, as can be done with Moderna. I'm afraid that wouldn't be possible. Drugs and vaccines are administered very prudently, unless the developer has conducted clinical trials on the issue. If they have done trials, then that's okay. But if they haven't, the FDA wouldn't approve them. Chen said that Moderna and Pfizer had different approaches to developing vaccines for children, and that as such, they couldn't be compared. Since February this year, Moderna vaccines have been approved for emergency use in children aged 6 to 11 in Australia, the EU, Canada and the UK. But parents in Taiwan say they want more options. The Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is scheduled to convene this week to discuss dosages and intervals for children's vaccines and boosters for teens. Taipei's Xinyi District has become one of the latest places to trial home isolation as an option for confirmed COVID cases with mild symptoms. Patients with COVID must stay one to a room separate from uninfected members in their household. All in the family must be aged 64 or below with no pregnant women or dialysis patients. Taipei Xingyi District on Monday launched a trial of home isolation for COVID patients with mild or no symptoms. But not just anyone can stay at home. There are many rules to follow. Confirmed COVID cases and their cohabitants must all be aged 64 or under. Patients must stay in a room of their own and ideally use a bathroom separate to everyone else in the household. If there are several COVID cases in one household, those with COVID can stay in the same room. If the bathroom must be shared, the infected resident must disinfect the room thoroughly after each use and open any windows to ensure good ventilation. Patients with mild symptoms are advised to prepare over-the-counter medicines for headaches, fever, runny noses and sneezing. If feeling unwell, they may also schedule a telemedicine appointment to speak with a doctor. But should they develop shortness of breath, breathing difficulties or continue chest pain, they should immediately call 119 or the 1922 hotline. Taipei City has set up a care center to help patients isolating at home with matters such as waste collection, pet care, medicine delivery and accommodation arrangements. Authorities hope that allowing home isolation as an option for mild COVID cases can reduce the burden on Taiwan's healthcare system. The executive yuan on Sunday requested a one-year extension of the special COVID-19 Relief Act and its special budget, of which 130 billion NT is still unspent. The extension request has fueled speculation that another round of stimulus vouchers could come. 
In response, Premier Su Zhenzhang says the government will allocate funds based on how the COVID situation unfolds. While attending a regional revitalization forum, Premier Su Zhenzhang explained why his cabinet had requested an extension of the Special COVID-19 Relief Act by another year to June 30th, 2023. Considering how the pandemic is unfolding, we think it warrants an extension of the budget to be spent. There's still around 130 billion NT. The reason there are still funds left has to do with the fact that we've kept the situation relatively stable. True, it is necessary to some extent. From our current observations, we could extend the budget's implementation period, but there's probably no need to allocate additional funds. With this in mind, the DPP caucus will fully support the executive yuan's request and propose an extension of the Special Relief Act. Countering COVID is still the most important task, but if there are more work that can be done, we could help the tourism, hotel and restaurant sectors, which were hit extremely hard over the last two years under the pandemic. Amid rising COVID numbers, ruling and opposition lawmakers have voiced support for an extension, with 130 billion NT still left unused from the original 839 billion NT budget, will it all go toward revitalization programs? As for whether there is another round of stimulus or relief measures, that all depends on how the epidemic pans out. By our current assessment, there's probably no need for more stimulus vouchers. If there are still funds left from the special budget or if relevant authorities deem it necessary, we hope to provide relief to the tourism industry, both domestic and international, or the hotel and the restaurant sector. I think we could allocate funds to those areas. The focus now should be on epidemic prevention. To discuss relief measures is not only unrealistic, but also too hasty. Legislator Hong Mong Kai said epidemic prevention should take priority over relief measures as a pandemic rages on. Let's head now to Yuanling City to meet a chef still using a very traditional Taiwanese trick. Noodle chef Huang Yurong keeps alive a special technique to serve up her oyster fried noodles. Let's check it out. A delicious bowl of fried noodles is served. These customers are full of praise. The sweet and juicy noodles are paired with oysters. But this is the real secret. No matter how briskly the chef stirs, they never break. That's because Huang is using a king crab shell. This chef makes it look easy, but in fact, she comes from a very different background. I used to study dance. In my second year at university, I accepted a performance gig, and then I injured my spine, so I came home and started a new chapter. Huang had to reconsider her career after the injury, leaving the stage for the kitchen. She was particularly determined to carry on the traditional method of using the king crab. This is something that symbolized Taiwan in the past. I think it would be a shame if it were to die out. Using the shell as a lid, the noodles absorb more juice. In rural villages decades ago, resources were scarce, so a shell like this was a useful asset. This dish is a reminder of childhood for many customers. The taste has never changed. It's very nostalgic. It's always been that same taste. 
Yuanling City once boasted six restaurants serving king crab shell noodles like this. Now you can only find the traditional tool at two establishments. If you fancy a traditional bowl of noodles, why not pop down to Yuanling to try it out? Taiping Island, an important strategic area for Taiwan in the South China Sea, is reportedly undergoing an upgrade to its key military infrastructure. Reports say the island runway is being extended by 350 meters for a total length of 500 meters and 1,500 meters. Analysts say the project is a response to China's military expansionism in the South China Sea. The goal of the dredging operations at the pier on Taiping Island is so that all kinds of vessels can approach steadily without being affected by sea currents. Taiping Island is an important strategic point for Taiwan in the South China Sea. Recently, dredging operations kicked off at the island's pier. Reports say the government also has plans to expand the runway of Taiping Island Airport. The current runway has a length of 1,150 meters, and the military could expand it by 350 meters for a total length of 1,500 meters. Currently, Taiwan's F-16Vs require runways of 1,000 meters for takeoff and landing, and the homegrown indigenous defense fighters need 800 to 900 meters. Expanding the runway would be of great help to Taiping Island's transportation and defense. Of course, Taiping Island is located in a very tense area of the South China Sea. So wherever we carry out any upgrades there, we have to have a certain degree of agreement with other friendly countries. Experts say the extension of the runway would provide a safer environment for air operations. They say that's especially important amid China's military expansion in the South China Sea, where Beijing has three fully militarized artificial islands. If the runway is extended, I think the most important thing is not just that Lockheed C-130 Hercules will be able to use it. It would also create a safer environment for Taiwan's main air fleets. The expansion is a reflection of the cooperation between Taiwan and the U.S. to counter China's military expansionism in the South China Sea. It also provides more grounds for us to assert our territorial claims. It can also be helpful for rescue operations and military operations. It is a positive development overall. The analyst says China has doubled down on its territorial claims in the South China Sea, adding that Beijing's buildup of artificial islands within the Nine-Dashed Line have only served to threaten the stability of the region. He adds that the runway expansion project on Taiping Island is a necessary response so that Taiwan can better defend its territory. Meanwhile, the Air Force has declined to comment on the matter, dismissing reports on the issue as speculation and adding that the runway on Taiping Island was operating normally. Taiwan shares closed down on Monday amid plunging U.S. futures and a surge in local COVID cases. The Taiex shed 105 points to close at 16,898 on turnover of 220.85.2 billion NT. Over on the Forex, the Taiwan dollar continued on its fall against the U.S. dollar. Let's hear from an analyst. The recent surge in the U.S. dollar index and the U.S. 10-year Treasury yields caused the Taiwan dollar to depreciate along this curve today. This development shows that under these circumstances, international funds are flowing to U.S. dollar assets. During the trading session on Monday, the new Taiwan dollar dipped by as much as 0.084 NT against the greenback before closing down at 29.186 to the U.S. unit. They're known as man's best friend, and that's certainly with the case of sniffer dogs. 
The highly trained police dogs can help search out dangerous objects such as explosive. A sniffer dog in Ukraine has become a local hero for seeking out lots of mines and saving lives in the Russian invasion. And Taiwan police have their own highly trained sniffer dogs who could do the same work in a war zone. We spoke to sniffer dog trainer Ma Qingji from New Taipei Police Department to find out more. Big bright eyes look out with curiosity at the world. What a sweetheart. A brown and white Jack Russell Terrier runs around with purpose on the grass. As soon as he sniffs something unusual, he digs it up. Patron is no ordinary pet dog. He's a sniffer dog who specialized in explosives, and he saved many lives. Wearing a Ukrainian flag jacket, Patron uses his incredible sense of smell to clear mines left by Russian soldiers in Ukraine. He can clear 90 mines a month and has become quite a national hero. And Taiwan has its own sniffer dogs trained to deal with explosive devices. Annie is a German Shepherd. At one year, seven months, she's a master at following her handler's instructions. She sniffs each metal can just once and can detect the one that contains an explosive. Yep. An explosive hidden at the bottom of a vehicle is no match for her. Qualifying as a sniffer dog is a real accomplishment. It takes at least a year of training to get familiar with all the smells of various explosives. Dogs must be screened based on their personalities and breeds. Most important of all, they have to be fearless and able to ignore explosions or loud noises. New Taipei Police Department's K-9 unit wants to use dogs which are very quick-witted with a strong potential to develop their endurance and a strong potential to develop their sense of smell. The dogs we use are mostly Belgium Tervuren, German Shepherds and Labradors. We find their stable natures are most suited to our work. Sniffer dogs need to become one moment and on the go the next, as required and completely obedient. They can be spotted working at the venues of all big official events like New Year celebrations and National Day ceremonies. If a war came to Taiwan, these trained dogs could also, like patron, become minesweepers. The target objects that would be sought would be the same. It's just the smell would be a bit different. We train dogs to find objects. It's only the objects which change. The training system is basically the same. Patron has saved many lives in Ukraine and undone much potential damage. If Taiwan ever finds itself in a similar predicament, dogs like Annie would be there to protect us too. The Everford, a cargo ship under Evergreen's ownership, was finally refloated on Sunday. The ship had run aground at Maryland's Chesapeake Bay, where it's been stuck since mid-March. With the assistance from seven tugboats and barges during a high spring tide, the ship was finally dislodged. It will resume travel after completing inspection. To successfully refloat the vessel, one-tenth of its cargo load had to be removed, and dredging operations lasted for more than a month. U.S. authorities say Everford can retrieve offloaded containers and resume travel after an underwater inspection is conducted by the Coast Guard. Now, the Northeast Coast is enjoying one of its annual treats. After every year, for just a couple of weeks, an incredible sight unfolds at Taiwan's northmost point, Fu Gui Cape. The Shimen District beauty spot is famous for its picturesque lighthouse, but it's only on special evenings that the lighthouse is, shall we say, eclipsed by an even more spectacular view. Let's take a look. 
The embankment is bursting with people and professional photographers with heavy-duty cameras have set up long in advance. Which big star could cause such a hullabaloo at the seaside? Only the biggest star of all, the sun. Here at Fugway Cape, the lighthouse sometimes stands right in front of the setting sun, creating this stunning view for a few moments. But the sun has to set at the perfect angle, which only happens on about 20 days a year. After Tomb Sweeping Festival, the sun sets at exactly 277 degrees. From this angle all the way to 292 degrees, that we can photograph this view at Fugui Cape. Lots of people come to watch here on the embankment at Shimen Fishing Harbour. But if you want to get a shot of the view yourself, you don't need fancy gear. Simply a smartphone will do. You don't need a professional camera. Just set your phone up on a tripod and turn on the time-lapse setting and do a time-lapse video. Some take close-ups. Others panoramas. Wait for the right moment and you might even catch a bird inside the sunset. With a little shift in your angle, you can easily capture a very different view. But it's easy to miss the shot too. The exact location and timing have to be just right. In April, the location is Shimen Fishing Harbour and here at Shimen Dong. From May onwards, it will be beyond Shimen Junior High and around the coffee shop there. A veritable horde of photographers descends to admire this world-class view. If you're on the northeast coast in the coming days, why not head to the Cape and catch a glimpse of it yourself?